Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age. So parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Well, welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. Homeschooling is really exploding right now and frankly has been for years. I saw that in a Gallup poll back in August of 2020, that 10% of parents in the US had indicated that they intended homeschool by the end of that year. Now, when we say homeschooling, that doesn't include all the children who are at home right now because they have to be and are enrolled in a public or private school. So that's 10% outside of that. And that 10% is double the number of families homeschooling from the previous year. So it's really a big thing right now. And of course, success can really vary, right? You know, trying to work from home in some cases for the first time over these past several months while trying to play the role of, say, teacher is often more than some parents can take or really want to do. And so they're really confused. So as the current school year continues, there's this uncertainty, not knowing when schools will be open and when they are, will there be a place that they'll want their kids to be in, right? With social distancing, restrictions, face masks, sports or no sports and taking away all that fun for their kids. So on today's episode, we want to explore the question, is homeschooling a viable option and a desirable option for you and your family? And if so, how can we make it work in a way that helps your family be successful? So I'm excited to have today with my good friend, Pat Fullingham, who's joining us today to discuss these questions and more. Now, she is a crisis and homeschooling coach who empowers parents to shift chaos and confusion in a clarity and confidence as they begin their homeschooling journey. Now, Pat's been doing this for a good long while. In fact, on Facebook and a lot of my communities and friends, like she's the go-to person when someone has a homeschooling thing, we all point to Pat. She's a 23-year homeschooling veteran who not only taught her own six kids, but has also assisted hundreds of families along the way through a homeschooling co-op that she helped establish and run. So Pat, so great to have you back on the show. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for having me. If anybody knows me, they know that I am passionate about homeschooling and about home education and just love to discuss it with you and just all the ins and outs. It's a great thing for parents to take a look at. Yeah, it's certainly, it's comfortable ground for you to stand on, which is really great because for a lot of people, it's either they're just trying it right now um, the last little while or they're thinking about doing it and so i really want to explore questions to help them kind of figure out what makes the best sense for them and their family because i think you know right now with covid and everything and the pandemic is really a great opportunity to explore different possibilities that perhaps people didn't think before yeah absolutely and i think that is the key it's learning and understanding what it is you really want as a parent for your children and for their education but for them as a whole Because a lot of times when we look at the public system or even the private system that we have, most of us have come to understand as being the go-to for education, 
there's not a lot of diversity there and there's not a lot of options. And so parents looking for options, knowing what you want to accomplish, what your big goals are, those are the kind of things that will help to decide what it is you're looking for and how to fit that to your child versus the other way that we typically look at it is what's available and how do I fit my family and my child into that? So this is kind of a reverse approach of knowing what you want as a parent and taking the time to figure out those things so that you can have the desired outcomes that you're really looking for versus being told what you can have. That's a really good point. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe shopping for a car and not really knowing like, okay, how <laughs> what am I going to do with this car? Right. How many kids do I have? Just kind of, oh yeah, that, that color looks nice. So that's a good price. Let's try that one for a while. Right. Or what's on the market and what can I buy with what I have? It's a very different mentality of what can I get versus what do I want and what is my expectation? How am I going to get there? And I think mm. that's a huge mindset shift for a lot of us because we're used to being told, this is the standard, this is the norm, and you need to fit into that mold. And when we take that out of the way, it's almost unlimited, the possibilities that you can figure out and create for your child. Well, I'd love, Pat, to start by diving into how you became so passionate about homeschooling. Tell us a little bit more about your backstory in terms of education and homeschooling. What got you so lit up? (laughs) Well, it's funny because when I was growing up in high school and I finished high school and got married and I had my first child, I thought, She'll go to preschool, she'll go to elementary school and all of that. And it just became more and more apparent to me that the environment was not right for her. She was accelerated in, she already had her kindergarten skills way behind her. She was reading, she was spelling, she was doing math. And for her to go into elementary school, she would have been very challenged to be acceptably I'm trying to struggle to say this in a way that doesn't sound like she was a wild kid, but she would have been socially stimulated to want to talk to all the kids and have that interaction versus sitting down and doing the things that they would ask her to do in kindergarten because she would be bored with it. Right. Because she wanted to be a kid. (laughs) Yeah. She just, she wanted to be around the other kids in that part of it, but the academic part didn't fit her. Right. And then as far as a parent's concern, the type of environment that she would be in. Sometimes I knew the other kids in the neighborhood. I knew some of the things because they always came to my house and I knew some of the things that they were saying and that they were doing that was not age appropriate. Let's just put it that way. And so I felt like if she could learn in an environment that was wholesome and that was safe and that was going to cater to where she was and what she needed, that would be the best thing. And I didn't know where that was. Turns out it was home. (laughs) So, I mean, I started to learn as I was teaching her and where she was, I just continued there and kept going. But it was a learning curve for me too. Yeah, I wanted to really point that out. It's not like you had this master plan to be the the amazing homeschooling mom, right? It just, you just kind of saw the the default that you thought would be fine wasn't really going to be a good fit for her. And so you started to take this upon yourself to start to figure it out. So where did things go from there? Yeah, well, I started to learn more about what she needed. And little by little, I mean, I took twists and turns. I made some choices and I figured out that it wasn't working. Certain things weren't working. I'd have to tweak, I'd have to pivot. And then we'd have another sibling join the mix and you have a little bit of differences there. And so 
just as you go down the path, you start to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And a lot of times that's trial and error. And that doesn't mean everybody needs to learn by trial and error, because surely if you have people that have gone before you, they can help and guide you to see some of what is applicable and what's not, because now there is even more information out there to choose from and more choices and things to get weighed down by and overwhelmed with. So sometimes it comes down to, I'll say always, it comes down to some major things like knowing your child, knowing yourself. And those are kind of the building blocks that are going to allow you to make the choices that will benefit your particular situation and your family and your child so that it fits your lifestyle versus trying to fit it into a system that is already well-defined that we feel like we're going to have to adjust and tweak and then we get stressed and our kids aren't learning or all those other things that make learning complicated. So it's about trusting yourself a lot of the time. Mm. And I think sometimes new parents tell me that's the hardest part for them. It's not whether they're capable, but it's whether they trust themselves to be able to make the right decisions. So I love to shine that light back on you then, because I'm sure you had to deal with that, right? As a homeschooling mom and, and for six kids. Yes. Yeah. So plenty of chances to have some self-doubt along the way. <laughs> right. Trying to, you know, just taking the whole homeschooling thing to an exponential level. So how did you deal with those feelings, right? Like I know what I hear from a number of parents in the education space is they're worried about doing it wrong or their kids screwing up or, or failing. Like just when they're in the school system, in some ways, good or bad, right? You can kind of shift that blame to the school system if it doesn't work out. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. So right. it's just the crappy school system, which isn't really fair or real. So right. I guess I got so two parts there. How did you deal with that? And, and how, yeah, what can other parents learn from your experience? Yeah, well, I, I think the biggest thing is that a lot of times we look back and say, well, did we fail? And there really isn't a failure here if you're learning along the way. I think a lot of parents feel like I'm going to damage my kids. They're not going to keep up. There's some kind of measurement that I'm going to be held to that is somehow we're going to be lacking. And that is not true because there is really no amount of education or no real education that your kids are going to come away with that you're going to say, well, they shouldn't have learned that, right? So if they're learning different things than they would be learning in school, that's still okay. So it's not about keeping up necessarily, but our mindset is pass or fail. And a lot of that comes back to what we were taught through the educational system. It's this way or you failed. You either make the grade or you get a label, right? And so there's so much variety and so much individualism that can be a part of homeschooling. And that applies whether you're a parent or you're a student, because you're going to be learning as a parent as your child learns. And it's a part of continually knowing that it's a growth experience. So it's more of a growth mindset versus pass or fail. And so, yes, you're going to ask yourself, because I think all intentional parents will ask themselves, how am I doing? Are we moving toward our goals? Are we accomplishing what we set out to accomplish? But those accomplishments don't need to be the same thing as what the school system tells you they need to accomplish. Now, I'm not saying don't teach them math, <laughs> right? I'm not saying those kind of things, but I'm saying we give a different weight because we allow our kids to learn at their own pace. 
and you allow your kids to bud and to bloom and to do the things that they were created to do because it's their interest and it's their calling. And you allow your kids to have that freedom rather than to feel so restricted by the rules of the system or the rules of the game to where they don't flourish and they feel choked. And we all feel like we have to measure up. And what if we don't measure up? And we can instill that in our kids. We can pass that down to our kids or we can set them free from that. And we can set ourselves free from that by saying, okay, you know what? I'm intentional. I'm resourceful and I'm capable and I will figure it out. And so we have to keep reminding ourselves that we are the parents for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) They are our children and they're in our keeping for us to do our best. Now, if we're the type of parent that just says, we don't care, we'll just shirk our responsibilities, all that, then we have some questions, right? But that's not going to be the default for parents. And I think giving ourselves some grace is something we learn to do along the way. And it, it's just so freeing and it's helpful for our kids to see that too, because they need it. They need to be able to have the ability to say, I can fall down and I can get mm-hmm. back up and I can yeah. learn and I can add to my knowledge base and give them the possibility. That's certainly, I have three teens now and the thing that I've discovered more and more is what makes the most impact in their lives is not so much what I say, but what I do. Oh, sure. It's more about modeling and creating that possibility and that invitation or just that example that they can then draw from. And um, I'm just kind of curious. So kind of curious for your kids, right? Where If we were to, if we were to kind of look at where they are now, how have they turned out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got an empty nest now. And my six kids, they're girl, boy, boy, girl, girl, boy. The youngest is 21. The oldest is 35. And so they're just in different careers of their choosing, right? They have found things that interest them and that they are wanting to dive into. Some went to college, some did not. I have one who was offered like $250,000 worth of scholarships, and he went to a private school graduated. He was my math nerd. Even growing up, he just loved math. Was In his senior year of high school, he actually went to high school because we had a small school district and they had advanced math, right? And so there's so many possibilities you can do when you homeschool. You can outsource the things that you feel like your kids need if that's not your specialty. And so that was the case for him. He, in his senior year, had two senior outs and five upper level math courses. (laughs) So he's off doing his thing. My oldest son, he is working in Houston and he's in logistics and he's the kid that swore he didn't like math, right? So it's funny how they grow and develop and find what suits them and then they run with it. They just all have different talents and different interests. I've got one daughter, my middle daughter, who is putting herself through nursing school right now. It is a passion of hers. She loved it when she was a teenager and she got her CNA when she was a teenager and then she took care of kids. She took care of adults and she's now putting herself through school so that she's in a prestigious program for nursing. And one is a real estate photographer and creating a business, putting together all the business aspects of that. Yeah. 
No one's on uh, welfare and living in your basement. (laughs) No, no, they're all doing their grown up things and providing for themselves and being responsible adults and just enjoying their lives and finding different ways that they feel like they're making contributions. That's awesome. I just think it's really important. Not that there's any question that homeschooling path can't lead to success. I mean, it's, but I think it's just, again, helpful, I think, for a lot of parents just to hear more examples. So thanks for sharing that. And that's amazing. Yeah, I think more and more businesses and people who are hiring and looking for workers that are focused on what the job is and they are creative and problem solvers and things like that. They're looking for not just what's on paper as far as a degree, but they're looking for the whole person. Again, who are they? How do they relate to other people in the work environment? And you may have people, your child may decide they want to create their own business. That is a part of living and growing and figuring out who you are too. So all the different possibilities are open to your child if they're homeschooling. Instead of maybe just looking at what your GPA is, what your test scores are and what school you're going to get into and getting that degree. For some people, that's great and it works. And for other people, it not so much. So I had one who went to school, put himself through school, so many classes, and he finally decided this is not going to get me where I ultimately want to go. And so he changed his course. He changed tact. He went a different direction and he's thriving. I'm kind of curious. There's a lot of different notions of the word homeschooling. How would you define it? I would say home education is about finding out who your student is, who you are, and where you want to go. It's about setting the goals for your family because home education can be about academics. It can be about a lot of different things. And a lot of people feel like you're in your wall, in your four walls, right? You're sequestered in your home and you're not socializing. You don't know about the world around you, all these kind of things. And those are not true. It's really going to depend on what your family is like and what you find is valuable and what your foundation is. Those are going to be the springboard for what your kids can achieve and what opportunities are going to be out there. Because really, it's limitless. It depends on what your focus is. And like you said, what your kids are going to pick up on is what you exemplify. So what we put into practice is what they're going to say that's really what my parents value. That's really what they think is important. So to me, it's ultimately about opportunity. But And there's academic opportunity, there's social opportunities. There are all kinds of different opportunities that we can discuss and all kinds of benefits. But ultimately, if you ask me, it comes down to relationship. And what I mean by that is the workings of your home and how you relate to one another. Parents, to each individual child, the siblings, how they interact, how we look at the community. Because after we build that infrastructure at home, then we can go out and see where we fit in the community and how we can relate to the community. But if we don't know who we are to begin with, it's a struggle. And a lot of kids struggle with growing to the next phase of their life because they're in school and then they're going to college and they still don't know who they are what their talents are, what they desire out of life. They don't have that foundation. And so for me, a lot of homeschooling is not necessarily about the academics. Those are important, but it's more about creating those bonds, those relationships that are going to tether them to what is most valuable so that they can go out and create what is going to serve them 
in the long run to create a happy and healthy lifestyle that suits them for who they are created to be with their gifts, their talents, and all those things. So I think it's foundational in a lot of ways that go beyond academics. Yeah. So for you, it sounds like the real opportunity with homeschooling is growth around relationships, which then also means it's a lot more than just about the child and their learning journey. It's really a family thing, right? And we're all learning, we're all growing. And together through that process, we enable our our kids to be successful to discover who they are and, and their passions and their interests and just to become like whole persons. So I'm curious then, you mean at the beginning of our conversation, you were mentioning that it really starts with getting clarity, right? Clarity on who you are, who your child is, And I guess also then in terms of your relationship with one another. So that might seem a little challenging, more than just ordering a curriculum off the internet and trying to apply it. How does one start going about that journey of getting that clarity? Well, I think it comes down to we all evaluate kind of where we are and where we want to go. And we do that for our kids as well, right? And so if we understand, I do an exercise, it's called From Crisis to Clarity, that I help parents work through. And what it does is takes us a little deeper into what it is we actually want. Because like we were talking about earlier, a lot of times we feel like we get what we get when it comes to education and those kind of things. But that's not really true. We can create what we want. And then the question becomes, what is it we actually want? And so it's about digging a little deeper and creating a list of what If your kids are going to walk away from your home, what is it you ultimately want them to take with you? Do you want them to be able to name the capitals of all 50 states? (laughs) Do you need them to know trigonometry? What is it that you want them to take away? And when we start going and asking those questions of ourselves, usually it's not going to be the academics, although academics are important. We all will say academics are important, but they're probably not the most important. So it drills down to, What is the most important thing? And then we're not so likely to focus on the wrong things as we are homeschooling, right? So our kids may have a horrible, bad, rotten, awful day, and they may not get anything done with their schoolwork. And we feel pressured and we feel like we're not keeping up and we have all this stress. It's like, wait a minute, did they learn how to cope with this situation? Did they learn how to communicate effectively? Did they, you know, so all of the things that we ultimately want for them to be a successful human, we have a chance to implement those and to remind ourselves and then to be that example as we meet the challenges of everyday life and of learning. And so when we go through the exercises, we talk about what it is you want and why you want it. And that makes it very purposeful and it helps us to stay on track as far as our own, staying in our own lane, because we can look at what everybody else is doing homeschooling and say, maybe I should do that. Oh, that was a great idea. And then we get lost in the weeds and we don't know and we get overwhelmed. So it narrows down overwhelm. It brings us down to the basics and it creates a system of what is most important so that when your kids leave, you know, they've got that. They can still learn trigonometry without you. Yeah. (laughs) Mine learned without me. (laughs) (laughs) Mercifully, I imagine. (laughs) Yeah. So what I'm hearing then is, so as a parent, like, like take some time, get out a piece of paper. And what I'm envisioning, even for myself, right? Like this is something that I'd like to take some time to do myself is like describe almost like the characteristics of each of my kids and perhaps like the values they have, the 
maybe the skill sets they have, um, just kind of like a vision, if you will, of each of my kids when they are um, ready to move on. And then with sort of that goalpost there or that destination in mind and kind of work itself backwards. You know, what are the things then that I would need to have in place, right? Or, the, you know, it could be experiences, could be other resources, could be just even time. But yeah, it starts to fill in the gaps of, you know, these are the important things that we need to do to get there. Well, there are so many things that bombard us day to day that seem to be important, but they're not the most important. And it allows us to have that clarity to, to come back to and say, okay, when all these other things are crying and saying, I need attention, which things do you take your valuable time and implement? And if you can come away saying, this is the way I treated my kids, or this is how they saw me work through this crisis, or this is how we dealt with this illness. And these are how we treat other people around us. And these are skills that they're going to take along with them that will help them problem solve getting more education or work experience or any of those other things that come along in life, right? That are kind of layered, but it ultimately comes down to who are they? And homeschooling, home education allows you to spend the time with them to find that out because our assessment may not be totally accurate either, even as parents, but you can spend the time with your kids and ask them questions and then kind of dive into, well, what if this and what if that and find out what they're thinking because they don't always open up and say, you know what, I'm thinking of this. There'll be times when your kids say, well, I'm going to go try this or I'd like to do that. And you're thinking, where did that come from, right? <laughs> well, so being able to have that time with them to share the experiences and do the projects and have that one-on-one -on -one time will open up those doors to have that information to help guide them and influence them in ways that we wouldn't have otherwise. So a couple of questions that are coming to mind for me. One is one of the comforts of the school system is kind of a way of quote unquote tracking progress of this progress of some kind, right? And you talked about how there's day-to-day -day experiences that are hugely valuable and learning that maybe don't seem as apparent. Would you recommend that parents, for example, even just keep like a little journal of sorts on a, say on a daily or a weekly basis of just things that I noticed or saw that I would see were valuable as learning just start to because I think for a lot of it it's kind of invisible we don't see that we don't notice when Johnny's fixed a, a broken toy or whatever and now we can use it right that's a great learning experience but right. he wasn't at a workbook so we did we kind of miss miss that one so <laughs> right. how can we help parents shift their thinking a little bit in terms of what learning looks like both for confidence right that it is taking place and to help them keep moving forward yeah, well, I think we have redefined what learning is. And when I talk about homeschooling, I talk about redefining because I think ultimately learning is real world experience. It's how we can apply what we know in a real world context, right? I'm with you there, Pat. I think like what I'm struggling with a little bit or what like parents might be struggling with is how do we help them? Like, I guess I'm, I'm trying to dig out some real practical, like someone walks away from this podcast and go, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. What are some ways to help them Help them just, yeah, okay, that was good stuff versus yeah. What any suggestions? Yeah, definitely taking note. I love that idea of just, I think one of the biggest things at first is observing your child, observing what is their go-to? What is their go-to for stress relief? What is their go-to when they're interested and they get enthralled in something when they dig deep? Is there a book they can put down? Is there a topic that they're interested in that they would love to just dig in deeper? What is their interest? What calls to them, what soothes them, what activates them. 
what irritates them, right? Like on both ends of the spectrum, not just what is the great stuff that is the go-to. It's like what repels them, what infuriates them. Get to know who your child is and what triggers them to do more and what triggers them to shut down because you've seen it if you've been around them, right? Especially young kids and especially teenagers, they will just let you know right now. (laughs) Sometimes it's just like we're past our limit, right? And so getting to know those types of extremes will help you and see where they are interpersonally. How do they treat other people? How do they speak to somebody else? Are they empathetic? Do they care? Are they outraged at things that are going on in the news? Or how interested are they in the world around them? Start taking those kinds of notes so that you know who they are. But then you also take notes on yourself, right? Because sometimes we stop asking ourselves and we just get in that grind mode where we are doing what we're doing because we have to do it and It's going to pay the bills and all those kind of things. But what things do you love? And then you start to figure out how you can relay those kind of things to your kids, your interests, your passions. Why? Right. Because our kids might hear our opinion, but they don't know why. And it's like they don't have the background that we have. But if we can start pouring that forth, they'll start to understand the whole context and they will understand you more. You will understand them more. It's just a deeper relationship building kind of exercise that all of the things like picking curriculum and needing to tweak if you're on the wrong path or assessing their needs and reevaluating your goals, all of that stems from those kind of observations. So be astute and ask questions and just dig a little deeper and ask your kids, what is it they want to study? What is it that interests them? A lot of times, if they have a say, if they have a voice and they have some input, they will drive harder. They will engage more. They will, it will be deeper learning and it will be applicable because they will see how it applies to their interests and it'll ignite their interest in learning. A lot of parents want their kids to love learning. That's how to do it. Yeah. That so resonates with me. Like our kids. Up until this year, I haven't been in a formal school. Well, I guess Malia was in junior kindergarten, which is many years ago. She's now 16. But yeah, very mostly loose and unstructured. And and actually, we found at times where we're trying to push a certain way of doing things at a certain time that didn't work out well. But I can think of like my son, David, he was a late reader. He was 11 years old when really it started to click for him. And, you know, I know for, you know, it was stuff that I've read. For boys, things like reading comprehension develops later than, say, for girls. But once he started getting momentum, it was like super fast. Right. Right. And my daughter, Malia, completely taught herself. I don't know what age it was, maybe five or six. And yeah, just you get, they get these sparks, these motivations, and it doesn't have to be this segmented approach delivered in a certain way at a certain time at a certain age mm-hmm. that doesn't fit them. And that's really helped to spark their love. I mean, Malia spends hours playing her violin. There you go. And just the things she has to deal with there, the challenge, the persistence, the, the commitment, tons of math, my goodness. And just dealing with the physical side of it too. And she's had some injuries and stuff that she's had to, to work through and some emotional stuff. Yeah, just tons and tons of learning that. Frankly, if she was doing regular school, wouldn't probably have as much, wouldn't have the time to do it. 
right. so much. And so, yeah, I can relate to just allowing them to focus on their passions. And now, and now she wants to go to university because she wants to be a professional musician and probably be a, a music teacher of some sort. And that's come through this experimentation in a much structured way. So, yeah, that's exceptional because a lot of people set their dreams aside in order to pursue education. And then they are disappointed when education takes them down a different path from their passion. And I would say it's like you pointed out earlier, it's in a lot of ways, there's no space to even explore it. You know, like time-wise, there's just so much to be doing. And it's also just not a, it's not, it's not a question that's really given much attention when you're in those important years. Yeah, you need space, you need time to explore and figure that out. And it's just really, really hard, I think, to do in. Yeah, I would say it's the same with the relationship aspect with your children too, right? You need that time to explore. And sometimes, you know, just the best time to get information and talk heart to heart is sitting where there's nothing to do, catching a fish or something, just sitting there by the water. And kids have a lot that they're busy with and they're not going to go deep with you regardless of how great your relationship is. If they are hurried and if they are busy and if they are have a thousand things and if you have a thousand things, sometimes you just need space. We all need some margin in order to get to the real stuff, right? To dig a little bit deeper and find the things that are that we want to be intentional about. And so whether that's something that they're learning, music or any other endeavor or just personal relationships, we need to let it let ourselves have some margin around that so that it can grow and develop normally and naturally and beautifully. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> two thoughts came to mind as you were saying that. One is as an entrepreneur, I'm pretty guilty at not having so much, creating as much time for with my kids. So that's something I've recognized the last couple of years and I'm definitely shifting that priority a lot. But the other thing that came to mind is one of the huge benefits of homeschooling, which you know as well, is just the time flexibility, right? Like, like one of the things I, I really appreciate is just being able to do things when it's the right time. Like sometimes going to some of Malia's music performances in the middle of the day, or just taking that break in the afternoon when I just feel like a break and they're around and we can go outside and toss a ball with my son and just enjoy that sunshine as opposed to waiting towards the end of the day and then it's getting on to dinner and all that stuff and then the day's done. So yeah, I'd say that's been a huge win for us as a family is being able to be there for each other a lot more easily because of that flexibility. Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes we feel like we know these are things that we need to incorporate in our day, but we feel so stressed to do it. And then when we're doing those activities with our kids or whatever it happens to be, spending time with them, they can feel that stress too. It's like we have to hurry up and fit this in versus knowing that there is time for me. There is time when I need a parent or when I need to rely on somebody that it's already there and we build that foundation so that they know where to come to when they have something that they need to go through or they need to come and seek advice or counsel or somebody who can give us direction that we have a solid relationship with versus going out and asking people who we're not familiar as familiar with or there's a great benefit to just your kids having that feeling of a strong relationship with their parent. Yeah, 100%. So hmm. I guess I'm curious then. So it's funny, as we're talking, I'm realizing 
I'm kind of looking for like some really concrete specific things. And then as we're talking, I'm sharing my own story. I realized, well, I've never really had a concrete specific thing with our kids. And David's now starting grade nine because he's, I think mostly because he's just more interested in in the social side of things. That's really important for him right now. So he's getting some of that in, in a pandemic way, which isn't still as much as it could be, especially being a sports guy. But yeah, I mean, they're integrating right in. My daughter, Malia, as I mentioned, she wants to go to university. She's doing some stuff online. She's doing some stuff locally, virtually. You know, my son, Graham, he's now in a virtual school as a self-directed education approach. And yeah, we haven't really had to have like this figured out plan at all. And it's all working out just fine. So I hope that can encourage people out there as they try to figure it out. And I guess, Pat, you've worked with so many families. So let's say, okay, now they're willing to take the time to figure out, okay, what is they really want for themselves, for their child, their children, what they want as as a family. They're kind of getting some clarity around that. Where would you recommend they go next to try to figure out, okay, what should we do? Now we know where we want to go. How are we going to get there? Yeah, the what and why comes first, right? And then the where and the how come after that. Once you decide what it is, what kind of car, as the analogy you used earlier, what kind of car you want to drive and what it needs to be doing, then you figure out where am I going to find this? Am I going to go to a dealership? Am I going to find it from a private source? And then the same thing is true with our kids' education. Once we have defined what that looks like, what it is we want and why, because the why anchors us, then we figure out where And then we figure out when, how is this going to happen? How do we implement it? And for most people, they look at the private system, they look at the public system, and then they look at alternatives like homeschooling. And so when you look at how, you don't have to figure out everything yourself and you don't have to do a lot of trial and error. You will do some because you're still learning about yourself and about your student, your child, but You can use people who have gone ahead of you to help you figure out what comes next and how to implement and how to shortcut the saying a decade in a day. Well, (laughs) that is so true that you can use somebody else's experience and guidance to help you along that path. And so if you feel like you want to do something that's an alternative, you start looking at what does that take? Well, a lot of people get bogged down at this point because they feel like, well, If I'm going to look at home education, that means I have to teach my child everything. How do I learn everything and then teach my child everything? I don't know everything, or I have a learning disability, or I don't have time, or I have multiple children, or uh, all those questions come to the surface of what what and how, and I don't feel confident, right? And then you add to that all the materials that are available online and all the resources that you could dig through and all the kinds of curriculum, and people are just like, my head is blown. I didn't like, I don't even know. Like, so here's the deal. Once you go through and you assess what it is that you're needing and you know yourself, you know your student, you know the why, applying what you know becomes how you choose your own lane. And there are different ways to do that. But the simple way is to have that background information and then say, what is going to fit my lifestyle and the needs for my children, because there's so much stuff, you don't want to look at all of it because you'll get bogged down, you'll get overwhelmed and you'll be chasing somebody else, right? This influence or this person, my neighbor is doing that. By the time you juggle and go through all of that, you have spent a lot of time and 
you're probably frazzled, <laughs> quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So it's about narrowing, narrowing it down and then being able to give yourself the credit that you will do a great job if you're intentional and you will find a way. It's back to what we talked about earlier, being able to make choices and being able to pivot and being able to learn and knowing that it is a growth process because you don't have to learn everything. You can still outsource. You can still find somebody else to teach certain things. You can have I'm sure. Do you have some examples, Pat? Jerry, that you didn't teach your daughter violin, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still barely plucking away at my ukulele. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where we can get bogged down at how to do it. But a lot of that comes from getting some input from people who have been there and done that. But as far as choosing curriculums and all of those detailed questions, you don't even have to address those until you get further down the path and you know specifically what you're looking for. So there's a lot of freedom in exploration in homeschooling for you as a parent and for your children. And the concern that they will get behind or they're not going to be stimulated is, I mean, I could go on for a really long time to debunk that, but I'm just going to say that is false. (laughs) And so it's something that parents look at and are concerned about But as they get started, they'll see that their student can learn in a way that they don't have to make the comparisons. Yeah. Well, I remember remember talking, well, a number of things are coming up for me, but Jess Sandifer, who runs Acton Academy with his his wife, Laura, I hope I'm remembering the name right. Yeah. I remember him saying something that was kind of profound to me was just like, if you take the actual stuff that gets learned in school, right, you could compress that down so, so fast because there's so much that isn't really learning in school. So it's not like yeah, you ha- every day has to be like this structured time full of all kinds of academics and this and that, right? Like it'll, there'll be, you have a lot more flexibility with the pace of things for sure. And, and whatever it is that, that matters to you. And I'll just sort of a few possibilities too, for parents out there based on other people I've had on, on the show. Like I know one person who was on the show, like she had her, her kids went to kind of like a, a hybrid mix. So like two days where they went to this kind of like a school type program. I might even been a part of a school. I can't remember, like an actual public school or private school. I know others who've done like homeschool co-ops. You started one back in the day. But obviously there's also help online with like Facebook groups. There's tons of them these days for homeschooling this and that. And, and then there's people like yourself who specialize, coach and consult so that you can really help parents kind of wade through all these myriad of choices and get clarity on, on what they want to do, which is hugely valuable, right? And I'm a big believer in, in coaching and consulting in many areas of my life. And you know, if there's an area for people that are, are looking for some guidance, you know, like, wow, it's, it can give you that confidence to move forward, right? When it's not just you figuring it out. So anything else you throw out there as, as like really supportive resources for parents as they're going down this path? Yeah, I think, again, looking at all the resources is going to be overwhelming because you don't need all the resources. And even wading through all the resources can get to where you just have overwhelm. So I think really it's being able to create the clarity around what it is you want and then following that path. And sometimes you, as a parent, might need help figuring out what is my path, right? And how do I then create the opportunities for my child so that we don't get off in the weeds? I would say, trust yourself. That is one of the biggest things I'm not giving you a list of resources necessarily, but I'm telling you that the answers to those questions are going to be 
inside yourself, inside your child, and inside your home. And so when we talk about home education, we can fall into the same traps as the public system or any other system by saying, this is our curriculum, this is our to-dos, this is our structure, and then becoming a slave to that as well. And so what it comes down to is continually coming back and saying, am I okay with myself? Am I okay with my decision-making? Do I trust myself? If we don't trust ourselves as the adult to make decisions for our own family, for our own children, they're not going to trust themselves either. It comes back to that influence that you talked about. What they see us doing is ultimately what they will model. And so if we trust ourselves, I cannot, I had somebody ask me about curriculum choices just the other day. And they asked me, what about this one? What about that one? I said, I will not refer you to any curriculum that I have not personally tried, but I will give you a structure and a framework that allows you to decide what your priorities are and what would be best. And then you go shopping. And after you narrow it down to a few things, then you ask other people what they thought about these particular things. Because if you just go out there and ask everybody in a Facebook group, what did you do for your seven-year-old in math? you are going to get all kinds of unsolicited advice about everything that everybody else is doing. And it still doesn't tell you if it's going to help your child. Sure. And so even on questions like this about how do you get started and what are you going to do? I go with parents and outline, how do you get that clarity? How do you find what things matter? And then you can start shopping for your vehicle, right? So then you can start to know, well, maybe I do want to put my kids back in public school because of dot, 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 or maybe this is the better choice, right? And so ultimately it comes down to, we have to refine our searches. If we were going online and searching for something, how many Google searches are going to turn up with something that we have an inquiry about? And you have to weed through all that information. It comes back down to, you already know the answer. (laughs) And I would add the filter too, to circle back to what you said from the very beginning, which is, are these choices nurturing the relationships between myself and my my kid or, or not? And if it's doing something that is harmful in some way or tearing at that relationship, then that's a signal to say that, yeah, this isn't the right thing, but just to have that confidence and willingness to just try and experiment and learn and discover, which really is really what life is, right? Especially us as entrepreneurs, we know all about that. Yeah, I just have to start and take action. Right. And I was going to say, sometimes home education can open the door to other possibilities. And we're not talking just about school. Again, we're talking about more the personal relationship and how it's affected. Because I had one parent say to me, their biggest concern about homeschooling was, I don't get along with my child. Well, for starters, that's not a home education problem. And second of all, that is a great realization. It's not a negative per se, unless you leave that untouched unless you don't address it. And so having that understanding, you have the possibility to go back and address it. And you can do that at home better than you can if you are outsourcing and your kids are completely busy all the time and you're busy and you can't address it and you just bump into each other at night and make it work for the few hours that you see each other. So you have the opportunity to address other underlying issues that you might face interpersonally that will grow and develop your relationship and their relationships in the years to come as they have their own families and are living their own lives. So you can uncover some other things that might need working on 
that are outside of academics, but they are also enhancing and growing and building your family as a unit. Yeah. Awesome. So where can people reach out to you if they've got more questions or maybe they'd like to work with you on trying to figure out their path or even they're on a path and they want to kind of figure out how to make some improvements or adjustments to it? How can they get in touch? Yeah, well, I have a free Facebook group called Homeschooling 101 from Crisis to Clarity. And parents are welcome to jump in there. Uh, We have all kinds of resources. And I often work one-on-one with parents if they have particular questions or whatever. I will address those. Also, I do free consults. They can get a hold of me on my Calendly link and we can discuss personal situations because not one solution works for each and every family, right? And so sometimes families have questions that pertain to their own situation and I like to address those. Also, I'm on Instagram, homeschooling for entrepreneurs with the number four. And so I post there occasionally. I'm not really good at posting a lot on Instagram, but there's a few things there. And yeah, they can reach out to my Facebook profile if they want to do that too. And just, yeah, I'm accessible. Great. We'll have uh, links to all that in the show notes as well. So people can reach out. Yeah. I think that that Calendly invites is, um, yeah, will help a lot of families listening right now. So Pat, it's always been a pleasure. We really enjoyed getting to know you over the years and just all the important work that you do for families. Clearly, this is a passion of yours. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate you and your podcast. I think it's going to help so many parents. I congratulate you on doing it. And it's a great, great resource. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Pat.